Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. It's a beautiful Friday edition of the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Absolutely scintillatingly gorgeous day here in the fine city of Chicago. It'll be the big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more. We've got a late-breaking sports story regarding the Cubs-Sox rivalry. We've got NATO this weekend as the city of Chicago is turned upside down, inside out, probed and prathered and just about everything else. And all I can say to the folks in the city of Chicago is bend over, turn and cough. Big dog and the coach with you to 11 o'clock. Let's play a little bit of music. Our uh, phone lines are open. 888-463-6748. A little bit of our award-winning music. And then we will start this scintillating 58-minute and 21-second show. Thank you very much. That award-winning music played by award-winning producer David, also producer extraordinaire here in the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. Again, thanks for joining us. Beautiful Friday. It is the coach in studio and uh, my partner on a regular basis. And he's a man that's been called irregular at times, but he checks in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in beautiful Aurora, Illinois. It is Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Yeah, I don't. I haven't been in Aurora in a while. I've been in. I've been in Chicago all week. Uh, I'll be. I'll remain in Chicago for a while. More importantly, it's, are you a regular or irregular? Without getting too personal, Coach. Anybody who uh, knows me knows one thing. I'm. I'm definitely regular. I, I have uh, an incredible, almost an impeccable. It's a perfect diet. Those perfect those multi the multi grains will keep you binded together, huh? I don't eat too many multigrain. Not too many. I have a perfect diet, like I was saying. So, oh, goodness, big dog. We got the uh, big series today: Cubs versus Sox. Uh, boy, it's supposed to be just an unbelievable weekend, too. I think temperatures 85, 90, 92, maybe a little bit of rain, but going to be hot, like a summer-like series. But it's still only mid-May. White Sox and Cubs. But we did have some late-breaking news about 23 minutes before our show began. The uh, rumor mill started swirling, and then Twitter, and then some news reports. I know you've got your pulse on the heartbeat, among other body parts, of uh, Chicago Cub baseball. Tell us the situation with Kerry Wood and a potential retirement. Yeah, I guess uh, he basically is, uh, I don't know, he got some type of message from his wife. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. I have to find out about that. I don't know what is she pregnant again or something I like that. I think we found the recording and the me- the message was something like it was, "Hey, you stink! Stop pitching! Come home and let's work on our charitable things and get a real job with the Cubs." Oh, really? She mentioned the charitable thing. Oh yeah, that's a big part of Kerry Wood. Well, no, no, there's no question because uh, like 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 there's stuff going on with Kerry Wood that people don't even know about, and there's stuff that. Like, I can't say anything because it would cost, you know, just in case stuff falls through. But it's about, I mean, they put so much time and effort with the Cubs and that if it doesn't go through, I'd be, like, shocked. But all I know is this. After the 
the stuff I've learned on the inside perspective of the people that have dealt with Kerry Wood, he is awesome, Coach. Yep. The man is flat out a philanthropist. He has taken care of himself financially. And because of this, you know, he has no worries in the world. He was able to play Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played it to the fullest level. I mean, heck, how many times did park, body parts blow out and he come back? If when when that stuff happens, you've taken advantage of everything that baseball has given to you. And, and now he's, like, willing to give back. And, and I cannot wait until the Cubs announce what's going on because my girlfriend's involved in it, and I'm, like, so freaking proud of her. And it's just so cool. And uh, I just... I don't know, maybe with the, with the retirement, maybe they're going to announce it real soon. But mm-hmm. there's going to be another. The Cubs and Kerry Wood will have a connection in a charitable way pretty much forever. And uh, and hopefully the project that my girlfriend is working on will come to fruition really soon so we can actually talk about it. Really I, want to, cool. I want to get to your girlfriend, and I want to get to her project. But uh, real quick, uh, let me throw out the phone number, 888-463-6748. Any Cub fans checking in, you want to give us a call, talk the City Series and the Kerry Wood situation in particular, if he is, in fact, retiring, how should it be done today? Uh, and, again, those details are just starting to come out, but our phone lines are open at your perusal. There's no charge for calling in, right, David? It's free. I know we used to charge four ninety nine. Thumbs up. Is that a thumb? I don't think it's a thumb, Big Dog. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Big Dog, you alluded to it. I think I think we can speak. I know for you and me and most Cub fan, we felt so bad about watching Kerry Wood struggle the last three years because, A, we saw this kid as a young kid with unbelievable p- potential, and the injuries ruin that potential, and B, because of the character of the person he is. And I think those two things made his struggles so much more painful for the Cub fans to watch. Yeah, it, it, it truly is for the diehard Cub fans. It truly was because obviously this year he's not, and it's not just like he's not getting anybody out. He's had a very difficult time throwing strikes, and that's the most frustrating thing ever for uh for a baseball fan is when your pitcher can't throw strikes. And it was really disappointing to yep. see Kerry Wood actually go through that. Yep. So, um, now, I, I, like as a Cub fan, I, like, I, was, I was just getting really upset when I, people were just absolutely bashing him, talking smack, like really nasty stuff. And I, he, I don't think he deserved that. There, there's some players that if you want to go to that level, you know, I really don't have a problem with it. Well, you're talking about a guy who, yeah, he struggled and he's cost the Cubs uh, definitely a couple ball games this year. Who knows how who, if somebody else would have blown it or they would have lost anyways. But, you know, he did blow leads in two games. And, uh, and all of a sudden he's getting treated like he's the devil. People talk, I want to take him out back in the alley and beat him up. Well, first of all, you probably get your butt kicked by Kerry Wood. And how, do those people, how do those people feel today when they're like, oh, no, now who's going to pitch for us? I, I really do think Kerry Wood would have gotten it straightened out if he would have, you know, Kept on working, but maybe he knows better than us, Coach. Mm-hmm. So maybe he would. Remember that was that's what I said earlier this week. One of the days I was like, you know what? If he continues to go out there every single day, he's basically going through his spring training right now. Maybe he'll be all right, but maybe he wouldn't be. He would know a lot better than you or I, Coach. Right. Dave, you know I am able better than anybody, uh, better than uh, well, I would say better than your wife, but you don't have a wife of getting under the big dog skin. So I'll do that once again. We heard, uh, it's not substantiated, Big Dub, but we did hear the quote that now that Kerry Wood is leaving, Chris Volstead has declared that it's my clubhouse now, it's my team now. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad he said it. He's got to do something. He's got to contribute something. I was thinking Chicago about you Cubs. yesterday after your complete rip of Chris Volstead after he's done in two innings. You had to have uh, you had to have a serious case of itchy tush yesterday. Okay, well, you consider that he started eight times, and the Cubs' record in those yeah. ball games is zero and eight. So forget yeah, that he's zero and six. He, nah, I mean, he honestly, okay, that's what, if you pick. If you pitch every fifth day in Major League Baseball and it works out perfectly for a season, if you're a number one starter, you start 33 times. And mm-hmm. if, so he's, if you're a number five starter, you would start 32 times in the course of a season if you don't mess with starting. Yeah, yeah. Do you really, that's, he's, they're 0 and 8. That's one quarter of the way. I understand. He, Big dog, I was kidding. Uh, do you, I was kidding. You have to bench him, right? You have to bench him at this point. Yes. Is there any reason for the Cubs no. to start him next season? I'm pretty sure uh, FiredaleSwain.com will definitely remove him from the starting lineup. He'll either be sent back to AAA or be uh, sent to the vast wasteland that is middle relief. So I- I'm sure you are correct on that. By the way, I'm looking at my Twitter. i gotta, I got to retweet this to you, Big Doug, so you can become a follower. I don't know who he is, but based on the handle, hire Jim Essien has checked in. Okay. Complete okay. with the uh, porn mustache picture of a Jim Essien. Hire Jim Essien. That was we, a long time ago. That guy was like on Twitter from the original Twitter. That was the last time. We got to we, we got to get was a fireable name in Chicago baseball. We got to get that guy on our show. No question about it. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Dog and the coach. One twenty tip off today. Jeff Samarja. We think maybe. Maybe they put Kerry Wood out there at the start of the game, but Samar's just scheduled to pitch against uh, Phil Umber. Tomorrow it's John Danks against Ryan Dempster. Maybe Dempster steps aside tomorrow, Big Dog, and lets Kerry Wood start the game. That is possible. And you got a Sunday matchup, uh, Jake Peavy against Paul Mahalam. Three games starting at Wrigley. What do you think they do with Kerry Wood, and what do you think happens this series? Uh, I, I would be shocked if they actually, like, if they actually had him start the game. But you know what? He kind of deserves it. And, you know, given inning, you know, it, it might work out for the Cubs. You know, you, you have the, you bat the pitcher leadoff. Okay, you have Terry Wood, uh, you know, start the first inning. And then eventually, you know, Dempster, you know, you pinch hit for – so, like, even have Tony Campana have one at bat, you know, you, you and then you just have Terry Wood pitch one inning. And then uh, you pinch it for him as he leads off the, the you know what I mean? He steps out there, he waves, and then you pinch it for him, and it's all done. It's over. What if he pitches real good? What, what if, if he gets a one, two, three inning? <laughs> what, well, if that, what, what if he gets like three one, two, three innings in a row and finally gets into his group? Well, I, I just figure you got to set your lineup in a way that sets yeah. it, that it takes advantage of the pitching change, and yeah. hopefully you don't go to 13 innings, and you're like, damn, that first inning move totally screwed us for the whole entire game. Mm-hmm. So... If you could, that, I would like that move. I didn't even think of that. I just said, hey, you know, send them out there in the seventh inning. Hopefully the Cubs have the lead, and I think he I, would like that. I'd, I'd like love to, to see it, uh, and especially because he's good buddies with the Ryan Dempster. I'd like to see it. You know, they just announced it. Let, let it build up a little bit. I think it'd be cool on a night game tomorrow on Dempster's schedule to start. You let Kerry Wood pitch the game, go as long as he can go when he gets in trouble. You take him out, the standing O, big night game uh, and then Ryan Dempster, his buddy, comes in after him. I think that might be the scenario I would pick. But what uh, the hell do I know? Yeah, you know what? I, I like that. I, I really do like that. That's, mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. 
you know, you have a very, very good retirement. Carrie Wood is the best way that I can say. I really don't and, want him to go. And I, knowing, I, 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 knowing Dempster's luck, <laughs> knowing Dempster's luck, they'll score three runs in the first for Carrie Wood. He leaves after one inning. Dempster throws eight innings of like you know practically no hit ball, and the Cubs win three nothing. And, and Carrie Wood gets the win, and Dempster still did, can't did, get a victory. Did you Did you really just say that to me? What? Come on, coach. You you got to know baseball rules a little better. Than oh, that. what? You got to pitch more than one inning to get a win. Well, yeah, you got to pitch five. Eh. What if you're removed because of an injury? No, you got to pitch All five right. innings right. to get a win. If yeah. you're a starter, you have to pitch five innings. It's, it's it's you know when they started that rule, coach, 1876. You didn't know that? I, I did know that. I was trying okay. to paint the story. All right, let's change the story. Let Ryan Dempster start. <laughs> No, you got to <laughs> let Dempster start. Pitch five innings, and he's got the three nothing lead. And then um, let's see how would it work. All right, we'll bring in Chris Volstead for one inning. He ties the game up at three three. Wood comes in for one inning, and they score a couple of runs. And Kerry Wood picks up the win, and Dempster still can't figure out how to get a victory. I, I would like that though. I, well, yeah. Actually, what I like to see happen is uh, you know Dempster or Kerry Wood go one two three. And then uh, Dempster goes out there and pitches eight perfect innings, but it's still a zero-zero game, and they have to take him out and pitch it for him, and then and then somebody else gets the win after that. Mm-hmm. All right, we will see. Throw a no hitter tomorrow, but he didn't start the game, so he won't get credit for it. <laughs> oh goodness, going to be fun to watch. So big dog, we'll see how that unfolds. Kerry Wood looks like the career coming to an end. Do you assume? Uh, and again, our phone lines are open. Cub fans, you want to check in eight eight eight. Four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big Dog, do you assume that in some way, shape, or form he will have uh, either a ceremonial or actual administrative position with your Chicago Cub? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he is like heads up their like the Wood family heads up their charitable organization, part of the Chicago Cubs. You know what? The Ricketts family would be smart to do that. Like, you know what? Hey, this is our charitable. You're the chairman of our charitable organization, Kerry Wood, for the rest of uh, forever. You know what? That's a pretty cool position, Coach. Mm-hmm. And why not? Like the ambassador for the Chicago Cubs. I'd have no problem with Kerry Wood doing that. Okay. Lots of opportunities, and, uh, and again, lots of interesting ways that he could go out. I suppose he could just hold a press conference after the game. We're all assuming that the Cubs are going to put him in for a final performance. It might be that he just... You know, ex post facto after the game retires, all kinds of potential scenarios. Big Dog, when you look back to the most memorable Chicago Cub games of all time, not just, you know, playoff game, but regular season games too, I, I would think if most fans had to rattle off a game, it would be the Kerry Wood, certainly in the top 10. Well, it's not certainly, but I'm uh-huh. asking you, do you think in the top 10 would be the Kerry Wood 20 strikeout game against the Houston Astro? If, you can call me a cousin historian coach if you'd like to. And I would put that game in the top ten. That game is in the top ten. The Sandberg two home run yep. game against Bruce Suter. And you're you're talking only regular season games, not postseason games, right, Coach? Uh, I I'd even throw postseason in there. Okay, I mean, well if we if we do that, that that becomes a little bit more hairy. And not that much. Positive, we're talking we're talking memorable postseason games for the Cubs, not that many. Okay, you're talking in the positive side, right? Not negative side. Uh, I'd go uh, I'd go negative two. I'd go negative. Top ten most memorable. Memorable includes the pain. So obviously the Bartman game is in there. 
the Leon Durham game would be in there, the Steve Garvey three home run game or two home run game. No, it was, it was a Steve Garvey walk off home run game. Did he have another home run earlier in the game? I, I don't remember. Know. It just felt like Steve Garvey kept crushing the ball that entire yeah, series. He but, he, uh, well, he had, I think he had three game-winning hits, and yeah. one was the walk-off home run in game four that I swear okay. to you, that I, I like. That makes me puke more than the, yep. deer, the ball going to Durham's leg. Yep. To, uh, me, to me, that's a top ten most memorable. So we've got five right there. What other games will we be forgetting? Bartman game? Uh, no, no, Coach. You're going to have to trust me on this. Actually, the Bartman well, game no, and then the game after the Bartman game, both those. Well, okay. well, I don't know. I, not Game 7. That's not memorable. There was, I think it was... is. Oh, yeah. Game okay, 7. Okay. I know what happened in that game. You tell me. Describe what happened in that game. Well, unfortunately, it involved Kerry Wood, right? Yeah, you're right. Because you're Wood, Wood was pitching, and he was not doing well early. Then he came back himself and hit a home run. The Cubs oh, took the... Oh, you're the man. What? You're the man, Coach. I didn't think you'd remember. I'm on, I'm proud of you. I'm serious. I'm having like Thank a you. like a father-son moment right here. <laughs> You taught me well. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that that was a great game. But I, I, I'm sick of we don't have to win bad ones. Why don't we just have the ten top, ten most best things in Cub history, top top games for the Cubs? I don't want to bring okay. Bartman in there. Forget that. Right. Jerry Wood belongs at the Sanford game is in there. Uh, the Merkel's boner game is in there. If anybody doesn't know that, that's one of the greatest stories in the history of the Cubs when Fred Merkel did not go from first to second and was forced out about five minutes after the game was done and the run, the winning run didn't count. So the, the Cubs and Giants, when they were tied for the pennant after the 1908 regular season, they had to have a one-game playoff. That one-game playoff and the Merkel-Boner game is definitely on the – it is definitely on the most memorable games of all time. Hold on one second. I'm, I'm doing a radio show, sweetheart. I can't talk right now. Okay. There's uh, – <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, uh, so the Broca Bonus game and the one game playoff after that, they played in the polo grounds in front of 80,000 people and only about 20,000 had a ticket. Uh, so that, the Homer and the Guaman game, do you remember that coach? 1938, Gabby Hartnett, ah. walk off home run and beats the Pirates and they clinch, uh, the National League to go to the 1938 World Series. Who could forget it? Okay. That, the Homer and the Guaman, because the Wrigley Field was the last field to have lights. They were also going to be the first, one of the first fields to have lights. And then when the Reds actually got it first, uh, well, then the, it was pretty funny at that point. Uh, you know, the Cubs were like, ah, who cares? And then uh, Wrigley actually donated lights to uh, to uh, the war effort. And after that, the Cubs just never got them. And he basically hit a home run in late September at about 6 o'clock at night when nobody could see. It was like you couldn't even see the ball, and he hit a walk-off home run. And it, it, to this day, people wonder if, if the ball went over the fence. It's like a joke. It did, but no one actually saw it. And Any of the – um, trying to think. The White Sox-Cubs series has been going on for I don't know how many years now, but is there any Sox-Cubs games that would go in even close to top ten most memorable for the uh, beloved Cubs? Oh, oh, without a doubt, the Brent Brown oh. – Lost in the Ivy game. Okay, Coach, uh, the Cubs. Grant Browners? I thought it was Sammy Sosa. Uh, well, Sammy Sosa, well, 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 Brent Brown was in center field and had a better chance of catching the ball. Okay. Okay. And, well, he basically dropped what the happened, ball. Oh, no. The, the White Sox were down three runs. With, well, actually, they were down about six runs going into the ninth inning. Okay. 
and it was one of those crazy series where it was a, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I went to every one of the games, and this was the Friday game, and the Cubs were playing phenomenal baseball up to that point, and the White Sox were just starting to get their act together that season, and the Sox were supposed to be real good, and the Cubs were supposed to be bad, but the Cubs actually they won the wild card that year. But there was a play. So the White Sox down like six. They battle back, and now they have the bases loaded with two outs, and they're down three. And I forgot who hit the ball, and I'm pretty sure it was Jose Valentin. It's a rocket like one hopper. It was a full count. So the guy on first is going to score no problem and tie the game up. And I'm telling you, the whole stadium at this point is just deflated, and the Cubs have like no pitchers left. And the White Sox would win the game. I swear they would have. Well, the ball hit. One hop goes in the ivy and sticks. They, the guy from third was moonwalking home, okay, from around first. Well, the umpire sends him back, and I swear to you, the place erupts. And the, the, the run comes off the board, and the Cubs still have a one-run lead. And the next guy pops up the first pitch. Coach, welcome to the National League, was chanted everywhere. It was too, it was too awesome, Coach. Yeah, they always make fun of us for that stinking weeds on our wall, right? <laughs> oh, the Sox fans were so mad. They were so mad. You know who else was oh, good at doing that at strategic time? Who, who was the guy, do you remember, uh, that they said used to only half-kiddingly hide a baseball with him when he oh. went out to the outfield so in case, you know, there was a tough ball to get, he would just, or, I'm, yeah, I'm so he would glad. just, you know, take the ball. Was that Jose Cardinal? It was absolutely Jose Cardinal. I'm so glad you brought that up. Now, uh, in in 2002, uh, I am drunk and whatever, going to Cub games all the time, and I get first row just uh, east. It would be east of where the where the Reds dugout is. First row, Jose Cardinal is the first base coach for the Reds. And he's out early just enjoying the fact he's back at Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I mean, we're there early. We're there like... Uh, an hour before the game because I, I would they get 25% off of food if you're there an hour before the game. So I always eat at Wrigley if I'm going to be there and watch batting practice. You know, instead of paying, you know, four bucks for a hot dog, it was three bucks for a hot dog. You know, and if you eat four of them, that makes a big difference. <laughs> so, you know, when uh, so I'm there and I'm like, Jose! And I, and I just, and he's just basking in cup, him. He walks over and just starts talking baseball with me, coach. And you can tell he was just happy to be in Wrigley Field. It wasn't a nuisance. He was like, yeah, let's talk baseball. It was so cool. And then I was like, Jose, did you really um, hide balls? Because I read an article about him in, like, 1982 when I was learning cup baseball and stuff. So I started talking, asking all these questions. He was laughing. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, waist high. He's like, I had a ball at least every foot. And he can go there, and he knew exactly the level. And if he just ran his hand across it, he's like, I feel the ball, pull it out. He's like, he's like, it works. Ah, he's so like, he didn't, he didn't have it on his, it. he didn't have it on his person, but he no. hit it, hit, hit it in a particular spot in the ivy. He said all along center field, right at his waist <laughs> high. That's outstanding. He had, he had hundreds of baseballs tucked in all over the ivy, and he, and he's like, he could see them, <laughs> and he would just run up, pick one out, and come down with the baseball. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wish I remembered everything else that I asked him, but. I do remember asking this. I was like, I read something that you were so dirty that you had to wash your hands before you uh, before you went to the bathroom because you were so dirty after you played. He just started like, he's like, it's true, I dove around. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Coach, my buddies were sitting there watching. They're like, are you best friends with Jose Cardinal? They're like, seriously, you <laughs> like, I was expecting him to hug you when you guys got done talking. That was one of the most magical moments I've ever had at a baseball game, and it was 
uh, Cincinnati Reds first baseman Jose Cardinal, former Cub great. So in uh, his heyday, by the way, fan favorite coach. In his heyday, one of the great Afros in uh, MLB history. I, I, if I could even grow hair, I would grow the Jose Cardinal Afro. That or the Ozzy Gamble. <laughs> I mean, uh, Oscar Gamble. Oh, goodness. Dog and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock talking the Cubs and Sox game. Kerry Wood apparently going to retire at some point today. The Twitter world is a buzz, big dog. I'm very new at the whole Twitter thing, so I'm enjoying the buzz. Pardon the uh, expression. We're hearing from all kinds of people. We got tweets and retweets going on, but everybody's talking about what Kerry Wood's going to be doing and uh, how he's going to be doing it. So it'll be interesting to watch 120 today now. The Cubs are throwing their hottest pitcher, Jeff Samarja. And you know in sports, you hate to break up any kind of momentum for a guy that's hot. So I would, again, I'd, I'd worry a little bit if they try to do something with Dempster at the start of the game and throw Samarja off a little bit. That could be bothersome. And, I, you know, we got a lot of White Sox fans that listen too, Big Dog. What do you do with uh, Diane Visayeto, who all of a sudden is the White Sox hottest hitter? And because of the no DH rule, they were planning on sitting him for this series. Do you make an adjustment to that if you are, um, Robin, don't call me Ozzy Ventura? Uh, you got to keep Dunn in the lineup. Well, actually, Diane Visayeto is hitting a lot better than Dunn has over the last couple of days. Uh, I would, I would, Dunn play one game and Visayeto play once against the, whatever right-hander, Dempster, or Samarja that he'd want to face. And, uh, this I had definitely play in left field when Paul Mahalam is, uh, pitching on yeah. Sunday. See, I'll disagree with you. And again, it goes, uh, along with my theory of when things are going good, don't upset the apple cart. Don't take away the positives. And Dayan Viseado is a, uh, young man with tremendous potential. No question about it. And he's finally starting to get into a groove. He's finally starting to get into a role, not just one or two games, but the last four games, the last thing. And I understand what the plan was, but you, sometimes you got to change the plan. I would not sit. I'd, I'd keep playing him, put him out in left field. Don't change anything from a guy that's hot. Adam Dunn can pinch it, can adjust. I would not mess with the young kid, Dan Viciato, but that's just me. That's just you, Coach. Well, okay, yeah, that's, not a bad, that's not a bad call. That wouldn't be wrong. And now if you think about it, if, uh, if you have Adam Dunn, Sitting on the bench for I don't know how many I don't know who they're playing the games after the Chicago Cup because they're in another National League park. Mm -hmm. So don't forget, you really want Adam Dunn not playing for a week though. You have to take that in consideration, Coach. It's true. You'd love to sit Paul Canerco, but the son of a gun Canerco is third in the American League in batting right now, hitting three sixty-two very quietly. Paul Canerco having another unbelievable season, so you can't sit him. So you're you're right that. I forgot about the fact they're playing another National League team after that. Yeah, so what what uh, what Robert Ventura does when Paul Canerco, Paul Canerco is, uh, right in the middle of spring training when Ventura is certain that Canerco is still Paul Canerco, he says to him, you're not getting a day off all year unless you come to me and say you don't want to play today. You're in the lineup every day. That's seriously what I would what I would. He uh, could, um, Ventura could do what Greg Popovich did with Tim Duncan during the regular season, give him a DNPOM. <laughs> did not play, or no, I think it was a DNPOG, right? Did not play old guy? Yeah. Right? Yeah, he was, yeah, he, <laughs> old, yeah. old age. That was yeah. old, just old, the reason why old. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, well, they can juggle it around, but uh, it, it will be interesting to watch the managerial decisions that take place and, um, 
You've got, I guess, on the Cubs standpoint, Big Dog, you've got a little bit of sentiment and the proper way to send out one of your classiest athletes ever versus you want to be professional and don't cheat the game, too. So you got to weigh both those things. And uh, I think Kerry Wood's wife will probably decide the whole thing. Yeah, well, that, I have no problem with that. And, and and I am not debating that Kerry Wood is one of the classiest people ever. Yep. But he is so classy. He's done so many things the right way. His two uh, transgressions in the city of Chicago are looked upon almost with, almost with um, not like – not like they're, we're glad it happened, but like we laugh about it in a good way. Because don't forget, do you remember Kerry Wood's first relief appearance? No. You don't remember it? It was uh, it was in February of, of 1999. He was in a it was about three o'clock in the morning. He got arrested for urinating in a in a in a parking lot. <laughs> I do it's not remember crazy. that. Okay, so that's you see that's the one everybody see. I call we always talk like Cup fans. Kerry Wood's first relief appearance. So it's like we joke about it. Like another athlete gets arrested for peeing in public. You know, you might yeah. be like this guy because you know, like if Soriano did that, can you imagine the abuse he takes? And don't forget, uh, Kerry Wood got a drunken disorderly in Atlanta after game of uh, of uh, 2003 NLCS or not NLCS, the NL Division Series, if you remember. By the way, Cinemax Cindy emailed in. She wants to know if Wood's appearance was short relief or long relief. Feel free. I'm, I have. I don't have the intimate yeah. details of that Thank situation. You. And Thank you I, very much. That's yeah. uh, Cinemax Cindy, longtime avid listener to the show. So, I, I've been in the Cubs locker room. I'm going to tell you this, and I, and I mean this with a whole Take utmost it easy. respect. Take it My easy. head was up. My eyes were up. Okay, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and if there was any chance that they would go down, I just want to let you see Jeff Fazero was walking around with just a towel. Okay, and that's enough said. <laughs> And oh. Italian men are hairy. Oh, my God. All right. Thank you. Thank you. We we appreciate the inside information, Big Dog. I don't know if we want to go that inside. Thank you very okay. much. Our uh, listener back hair, Bob, is about as far as we want to go in that particular area. <laughs> oh, goodness. Samarji against Phil Umber, 120 today. Now, any chance of this year, man, is going to be making an appearance? And I know you also do tours via the uh, Chicago River on the kayak. Is that Cancel this entire weekend, even though the weather's beautiful? No, no, the weather's beautiful. Uh, we don't have a lot of bookings because people are freaked out about NATO. Yes. Like, people are people are calling us, well, we want to book, but what about NATO? And we're like, well, you know, I don't think we're going to get attacked. <laughs> oh, no, so, forget, forget, we're all booked. We're fine. Don't worry about that. Uh, speaking of NATO, uh, you might, you guys want to check out my Facebook account. I don't post to Facebook very often. And the video is not that good, but I'm sorry I kind of snuck up on the guy. But yesterday I was walking through Chinatown, okay? And I do want to talk about the Cubs White Sox weekend. I want to, this is going to lead to this, so don't worry, Coach. As I'm walking south down Wentworth, I'm at about 24th Avenue. And you got to love Chicago Chinatown. If people have not been there, literally, you do not need to speak English. There are people that are, have been here for 60 years that have never learned to speak English. Where are we talking Chinatown now? Chinatown, our okay. Chinatown in the city of Chicago. Got you. And as as I'm walking down, I see a massive, like, P. Diddy stretch Hummer limousine, Coach. I mean, this thing is fly. I don't know. I, 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 uh, you know what I mean? I haven't listened to hip-hop since 1985, so it was fly is all I know. All right, this thing, <laughs> wide. And, and I am not kidding. What starts filing out? Who do you think starts filing out? I'm in Chinatown. 
but who do you think starts filing out? I got to guess a group te- of Texas Ranger pitcher Hugh Darvish. Well, well, no, no, but that's not bad because it's near the south side, but the Rangers were playing the A's yesterday, losing to them in, in 10 innings. Uh, it was it was another group of people, and let's just say uh, if you've ever seen a Bruce Lee movie, you would have been awful happy. It was a bunch of Tibetan monks. Really? Filing out of a stretch white limo. I Interesting. Mean, I mean, and there's the... You know, there's stereotypes. Hey, how many Mexicans can you put in the front seat of? Well, I don't. You know, how many Tibetan monks you can put in a hundred foot long limo? Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> coach. <laughs> I, 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 there must have been fifty. I mean, legitimately, fifty people come out of this massive stretch limo. And then when I, and like I was totally dumbfounded. And then I was like smart enough as I walked by. I was like, and well, at least let me get a picture or or, or a video of one of them. And I have the nope. video of the guy paying for the the parking for the stretch limo. And I sneak up. I'm like, I'm like, hey, they robbed you in Chicago. And when I that's how it starts. <laughs> and when I say that, the guy turns to me. He thinks I'm robbing him, and he's in the Tibetan monk outfit. So <laughs> Don't tell uh, me. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess bachelor party for the Dalai Lama's nephew. Am I am I at least warm? Uh, uh, it may have been, Coach. I want to <laughs> let you know. They looked like they were having a good time. You know, it's yeah, reserved, solemn. No, no, they were they were smiling, slapping each other on the back, and the, the way they were talking. Yeah. Uh, oh no, my! I'm not sure. I, I don't know what was going on, Coach, but it was. Yeah, they had some I mean, you night. know, you can't play the Tibetan monks by nature. It's kind of a wrapped up world upon which they live. You get a rare opportunity to bust out via the limo on a bachelor party, big dog. It's uh, you know, it's monks gone wild. And you and, you can't blame them. And if you know the right places in Chinatown, I mean, I, I mean, there's things to do. You can have an awful lot of fun. The best, if you have a hundred dollars, you can have like the night of your life. Is the mm-hmm. best thing I'm telling you in Chinatown. Yeah, or if you got a punch card with uh, nine punches and a tenth one gets you free. That's awfully good. So, <laughs> one of the, without question, one of the the best moments I saw uh, uh-huh. all day. So. My my girlfriend's trying to teach me how to speak Chinese. It's not working very well. All I can say right now is more food. That's all I can say so far. That's all I wanted to learn, though. Yeah, you, you got to start somewhere, big dog. You got to start somewhere. Now you said the story was leading somehow, some way into yeah. the Cub Sox series, and, and I still want to hear: Is this year, man, any chance this year, man, going to make an appearance this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I definitely will be making an appearance. Now, see, they're they're all in here for NATO. That is the NATO reason for all the Tibetan monks all over the place. Ah, so that that's what's going on. Interesting. So like with everything being shut down, you know, you can still get a ticket for the Chicago Cubs White Sox series. But so my point is, people are afraid to come into the city. If if you're not afraid, you can actually get a decent seat. Go to a Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox game. Mm-hmm. It's that Wrigley, so you don't have to worry about being accosted. And you can enjoy a ball game. Yeah. So it, it well, should be I, really really good. I will tell you this: I'm going to suffer somewhat because of the NATO. Uh, uh, fear frenzy that you're talking about. I have, I've relayed to you during the week that it's prom weekend for my senior high school son, and they were going to go downtown, but slowly but surely with all the news coming out and all the fear-mongering going on, including a couple of emails from our uh, uh, fine high school administrators about not going downtown on NATO weekend, slowly but surely the group of 18 started canceling out. And one by one, as of yesterday, the downtown plans were canceled, and now... At midnight, all 18 people will be descended upon. I'll give you one guess on which of the uh, 18 houses they'll be at. It'll be yours. Thank you very much. So thanks to NATO, my house will probably take a beating.
Uh, Don't worry, I got I got the plumber, the lawnmower guy, the housekeeper. They're all on on duty for Saturday about four o'clock. How did you get stuck with that? How are you going to keep alcohol away from them? We'll figure some way. That's, I mean, that's, I, I can't imagine the responsibility that right. it would have. Of I brought out my old Ron Santo thirty-eight inch wooden uh, bat, which I haven't brought out for a while. That'll be that'll be on display in the front hall. You're you're gonna have eighteen kids. Yep. PO'd at you for the rest of their lives, and and one of them really, really PO'd at you for the rest of his life. Yeah. Just because of this, because you're going to have to play the NATO is going to enforce you to be a total jerk. Is what is, what's 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 happening that's, right now? That's it. I'm blaming uh, you know the Islamic uh, delegation among others. I'm I'm blaming NATO for this uh, hardship that I'm about to endure. Any hints on um, bed checks at about three in the morning, Big Dog? Uh, what? How does a parent handle that situation? Uh, well, the one thing is, it, looking for more than a second without doing anything is now considered abuse. So just remember that. So do you, I would imagine you verbally announce your presence before. That's my point. That's my point. Okay. Yeah. All right. Isn't that bad in the in the world today? It's prom night. I, I, may and, to, uh, I might have to talk to you all fair with a few more pointers, but I don't want to. Uh... Here, here's, here's my business, my note to you. It's prom night. You keep alcohol away from those children during this. You did your job as a parent. If those nine couples decide to couple, well, their parents should have done something better about teaching their kids mm-hmm. about what's right or wrong. Okay, so don't worry about if somebody ends up uh Technically, uh, the problem, uh, David Olson, you're our uh, legal linguistic here. Technically, by rights, at midnight, when I'm dead tired to begin with, when they come into the house, you got to check the backpacks and water bottles and the quote-unquote Arizona iced teas. I mean, if you really want to do your due diligence, you got to, like, do a small check on all the liquids. That's right. You need to set up a TSA checkpoint (laughs) in your front foyer. (laughs) Oh, boy. uh, it sounds like fun. Exactly, exactly, and go through everything. Big Dog, what are you doing about midnight tonight? Well, actually, I, I'm going to be busy because I have a tour tonight, a tour in the morning, and then check this out. Saturday, I have to go and try out for a, a television sports game show called Thank You No Baseball. So I, I'm, I'm going to walk in, they're going to be like, you're on the show, and I'm going to leave. Uh-huh. That's, it's, it's, it's going to be that easy for me. Hey, speaking and, of television, what happened to your Thursday appearance? Did that go on or was it delayed? Uh, it went off without a hitch. We mean last week? You were looking for White Sox fans to show up? There was some it, film? It, it went off without a hitch. It was unbelievable. The Where? only thing bad that happened was I did accidentally punch a woman in the face. Eh, it was, it was an accident. That can happen. Somebody you know or just a stranger? No, it was, it was someone I know, and I actually like her. She's a good person. That's why uh-huh. smacking her in the face was like, you know, I have a list of people that I'm going to smack in the face one day. She wasn't even on it. Okay? okay. I mean, she wasn't even on the Forget about low on it. She wasn't even on the list. I'm really embarrassed about that, Coach. Wow. Any chance? Uh, it's any, funny, Coach. It's where really will any of our fine listeners be able to view this video? Uh, it's going to, Idris said it's going to take at least, uh, oh it's going to take at least a month. Dave, if, if it goes to Idris, that's like uh, that's like video hell. Yeah. Rarely does it come out. That's right. It's like the warehouse at the end of Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a, that is. I love them. That's one of the best scenes in the history of the endings of Indiana Jones. And in uh, is is awesome. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. Well, make sure you that's let us know. Much, yeah?
I bet Chief, you were dressed as this year, man, right? I was this year, man, and I was trying to save the immortal soul of a of a of a White Sox fan. <laughs> See, you know, I said a bunch of stuff, but you know how, like, when you're going back and forth with somebody, sometimes it could lead the like the wrong way. And yep. if you're like a diehard baseball fan, mm-hmm. it won't make sense. And Idris has edited everything together, and, I'm, and I was like, Idris, you really have to make me let me watch this. Because if we put something on here that doesn't make sense with baseball, I'm going to look like an idiot. And he didn't even, I don't even think he heard what I said to him. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, you really got to make sure that this all adds up. Because that's what baseball fans are the worst about that coach. The worst, like, people are calling up, like, in Field of Dreams, like, you know, so shoeless Joe Jackson did not wear his pants that high. I mean, it was like, it's like fans are that bad. So, like, if I'm doing a parody of baseball, I can't have anything wrong. And, I, and I'll know what's right or wrong. He just won't, though. So I'm just really, really worried about that. I don't think he knows the importance of that, that like how anal baseball fans are. Oh, I am, too. And I'll be the first one to point out, hey, that, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. All right. We will see. Cubs, by the way, coming off a loss 8-7. Uh, to seven. Apparently last night, Big Dog, when I turned off the game, they did make a late comeback. What was it, Wellington Castillo with a three-run homer? No, Wellington Castillo had a... Uh, uh, a bases clearing double. Okay, but you know it was pretty funny. Bob Bradley was calling him out at the time. Uh, if he hit a grand slam, the Cubs would still be trailing. He was up with the bases loaded in two outs, and he was trying to hit a home run. And Bob Bradley and called him out. He was like, "You know what? All he should be doing right now is trying to extend the inning. The guy's trying to hit a home run. He doesn't realize that uh, he's not helping his teammates out there." And it was it was so good. I was like, "Thank you, Brunley." Mm-hmm. Like he, Casper and him were calling. I was like, "Oh, all these guys taking pitches and trying to get the count to work on base." They're like, "Why didn't they do that in the second inning?" The, they realized nobody but true diehard Cubs fans were watching the ninth inning, and they just let the Cubs have it. It was awesome, Coach. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. They basically just bashed them for their style of play and how it has to improve. Mm-hmm. But they did it so subtly and beautifully. It was really, really. I'm not a big Len Casper fan, but I'm saying that was yesterday because that was like the first time I've heard him critical. And I, I, I don't want my guy to be critical, but I don't want him to lie and not act like something that is obviously bad about your team when it's going on. You know what I mean? Don't act like it doesn't happen. All, any educated fan sees it, so you have to acknowledge it sometimes. And they actually did. Well, Bremley always does. Casper actually did the ninth inning yesterday. But while he was trying to hit a home run, he pulls a ground ball to the left side that gets past the third baseman, clears the, uh, John Mayberry, who is not a – he went to the Alfonso Soriano School of Defense, except he's just a better athlete. That's, mm-hmm. So uh, he hit it down there, and he clears the bases, and Darwin Barney gets a hit, makes an 8-7, and still has a chance whether they lose 8-7. Which, which, which batters came up with the game on the line? Um, well, Darwin Barney, I'm trying to think who had it after Darwin Barney. It was Reed Johnson, and his at-bat was atrocious. It was atrocious. It was a horrible at-bat. Mm-hmm. And so the Cubs lose 8-7. And and if you think about it, you, you went out and you started Chris Volstead, and he gave up four runs in two innings, and yep. it didn't surprise anybody. Okay. And then later on in the game, all these unearned runs. Uh, Blake Harper makes his major league debut, in a, and <laughs> he looks pretty decent. Uh, gets in a little trouble, makes a great pitch on Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence hits it off the end of his uh, of the bat, of the bat, goes right back to Blake Harper, and Blake Harper throws it down the right field line and two runs score. They lost eight seven. 
So six runs, four from Volstead and two from throwing the ball down line. And, there was, and then the other runs were off of, like, walks. And the, the mm-hmm. run off of Casey Coleman was legit. Seven of the eight runs that the Phillies got yesterday were questionable, and the Cubs lost by one. So it's one of those losses that you're just like, if you play good baseball, you don't worry about this stuff. You would have won the game if they would have played solid baseball yesterday. Baseball analyst Joel Redwanski joining us. And the two guys in a Mike show, White Sox won their ball game heading into the series. They beat Anaheim. Six to one and break up a little bit of a slow streak for them. Chris Sale, who's been a reliever, then a starter, reliever, starter, injured, short relief, middle relief, all over the place. He starts the game five and a third inning, seven strikeouts, one walk. He pitched well. White Sox win it, uh, six to one. Another home run, by the way, big dog. Another homer for Alberto Pujols. He's back. Uh, I, I did not see it. I was listening to the game on the radio. Listen to Farmio and DJ. Oh, those guys are wonderful. They're, they're, they're as good as it gets. Nah, I would disagree oh, with that. Oh, never mind. No. What did I just say, coach? Cause I was, I was in a trance. Somebody took over my body. Just joking. Those guys, <laughs> well, anyways, uh, the way they described Albert Pujols' home run, they were like, you know, they have a jump for him. What was he trying to do? Catch a ride to San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was, it was phenomenal. Uh, that was good. Fortunately, and, uh, fortunately, Anaheim's leaving town, though. We don't have to worry about it, but Pujols, uh, he looks like he has caught fire, and he's back now, so the Anaheim Angels maybe will uh, start to get in a row. But the White Sox win it, so they head into the game with a little bit of momentum. It'll be uh, interesting to watch City Series today. Now, you said there's still tickets available. I, I thought it was a full house already. Well, uh, there's definitely tickets available as of yesterday. So unless uh. the remaining tickets for every one of the three games were all sold yesterday, there's tickets available for the for this weekend. Uh, speaking of tickets, we have to talk about Ricketts. The other story, and the Kerry Wood thing is kind of uh, taking its place right now, but the other story yesterday, Big Dog, and I know you will have pontification on this particular aspect, is uh, Daddy Ricketts or Grandpa Ricketts, whatever you want to call him, the guy who really made the money with Ameritrade, comes out with a huge super PAC campaign that is going to go after in a not-so-understated um, way Barack Obama, and immediately, of course, that puts Tom Ricketts and the Ricketts family in a little bit of a, what do they got to do for the, a little political correctness uh, salvation for the Chicago Cubs. But uh, what do you think about that super PAC, and how do the Cubs deal with that particular aspect? Uh, you know what? I, I didn't realize that, uh, that that was announced yesterday, or that that was going on. So uh, that, that's taken me by surprise. What do the Cubs have to do? The Cubs just have to act like nothing's going on like the rest of America does, and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. They don't even have to acknowledge it. That would be the best thing that they possibly could do. Rahm Emanuel, now he's got a lot on his plate, Rahm Emanuel, with NATO this weekend, but he was pretty taken back by it. his initial reaction. And don't forget, Wrigley Field, the Ricketts family's trying to get the city to pitch in for some renovations, right? About $300 million worth at Wrigley? Yeah, so, what, yeah. so because they are backing a... Uh, well, yeah, Rahm is very politics. close to Obama, and this, when the initial came, news came out, they were just going to bash Obama with this particular campaign. Rahm, and again, a lot on his plate, things can change. The initial reaction was, don't talk to me, I don't want to hear about it, this is unacceptable. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay. But I would imagine, David Olson, there'll be a few signs at Wrigley's, maybe some creative signs this weekend. 
Possibly, but I mean, uh, the Ricketts family did a pretty good job of going on damage control. Yeah, they I did. Mean, this thing, this thing exploded yesterday. Yes. I mean, and that was all in the morning hours and everything, and mm-hmm. they were on damage control most of the day yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, my guess is this story is going to go away by the end of the weekend. And don't forget, uh, is it Linda Ricketts, Tom's sister? Mm-hmm. She uh, is the, I think, the first. Openly gay administrator in Major League Baseball, and you know she's come out uh, very much in favor of Barack Obama. So she's right off the bat saying, "Well, you know, not all of us family members have the same political mm-hmm. bent." So we'll see, Big Dog, if it has legs, or as David Olson predicts, it's a story that will die quickly. I, I don't think it's going to last very long. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a small portion of people who will no longer be Cup fans because of it, because they're uh, so like. Like about one way, but it, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. And you know what? It's kind of crazy. There'll be people who hear about this, and there'll be just the same like percentage of people be like, you know, what? I'm a Cub fan now. So mm-hmm. you know, and but the rest of it, it it'll just go away. I mean, uh, to mix politics with and the guy he didn't buy the Cubs. You know, what I mean, he made the money. You know, so I know you uh, with your political vent and strong opinions. You had talked about putting your own super PAC together. And when I say super, I use that in the loosest sense of the term. I think you were starting out with like a lemonade stand, big dog to collect money. But how is the super PAC going? Or have the plans been scraped? You'd be you'd be surprised, Coach. Surprised how? Uh, yeah, you you know you talk to the right people. I work in the Montgomery Ward Building, Coach. I, I really. Uh, the people that live in this building, I mean, there's dogs. <clears throat> now, like, there's ten thousand dollar purse dogs all over the place here. They got money to throw around. Okay, uh-huh. so that it's not an issue. You'd be surprised. Money adds up quickly. All right, so all you got to do is uh, befriend them a little bit, and uh, even without the funding of your own, you might be able to get a few followers. Shall we say? I don't know about followers. I do. Okay, well, I appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog and the coach. Uh, outside of the baseball world, Big Dog, I got the Preakness this weekend. Is I'll have another. We'll be trying for his uh, second leg of the Triple Crown. We've got the NBA basketball continuing. By the way, I did, I'll be the first to admit, I've watched very little San Antonio Spur basketball this year. Mm-hmm. And I got a chance to watch him yesterday, not the whole game, maybe a half. Maybe half. And at the end of this, I got to ask you who ended up winning the game because I fell asleep at the yeah, very end. Huh? I don't know. Thank you very much. I like, but, I'm in Chicago, like I told you. I don't have a television. All right. Well, David Olson will be able to tell because the Clippers were making a late run at San Antonio. But and you've said this before, and I finally got to see it first. Hit. Boy, did they play a great game of team basketball. They're at a different level than other NBA teams as far as cerebral. And in particular, just making the extra pass and moving the basket. I was really impressed with San Antonio. Yeah, who, who won by 17? San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah, and that was that was the first extended look I watched him play, Big Dog, and not phenomenal talent, but boy, phenomenal ball movement offensively. Uh, you know what? There's there's a guy that they have that does have phenomenal talent. Now he's an old man now, and he doesn't you know have the talent that he used to. But he's always known for being not a good teammate and just being kind of a this nasty, which is Steven Jackson. He plays so complimentary and so perfectly in the in the San Antonio Spurs system right now. It's like it's, it's, this is his. Does. This is it's his second run with San Antonio, right? Uh, he, 
I think in his early years he was a member of the Spurs, and he was a young renegade back then. Timmy Duncan had to give him a few uh, headlocks, a couple of noogies, and some talking to. This is his second. I, I honestly don't remember that. I remember I, him like long ago being with the Warriors and the Spurs. I mean, and the Pacers, but I don't remember him with the yeah. Spurs. I think so. But either way, he's back now, and he's uh, adjusted his game, and he he's bought into the system, shall we say. Yes, and they're going to be awfully tough to beat. And I, I, I really do think they're the NBA uh, favorite right now for mm-hmm. the championship. Yeah, and again, and, not uh, not the phenomenal talent, although Tony Parker has elevated his game much more than I think even the experts, even the guys who follow it on a regular basis. Big, I don't think they saw the next level that Tony Parker could take that he's taken this year. Yeah, he really has. How often does that happen, though, Coach? How often does a player that's been in the league for that long, normally when they have that, you know, that next tier where they really step up and being from a good player to a superstar, that usually happens within the first four years you're in the league. It doesn't happen in your 10th year where you go from a guy that's a really, really good basketball player and championship caliber starter to a guy that, you know, oh, he could be the best point guard and might be the MVP of the league. And it's in the 10th year. That never happens. It never, that story has never been told in the NBA like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, normally it's like a couple of years. Oh, yeah, he's an MVP talent. So, uh, that was, that was awful crazy. Now, if you talk about everything that happened in the game of basketball last night, now, while I, the Cubs game was on WGN, so I was able to watch that on, on a, on a massive 13 inch television. And I was able to keep track of the, the Heat versus Pacers game. Ooh, oh boy! Uh, the comments going around the the world of social media about Dwayne Wade. <laughs> he, I mean, honestly, not he has turned into like a thug now. And though know, people used to love Dwayne Wade and they respected him because he was quiet and he was, you know, a good looking guy, and never did anything wrong. Well, now that he's like in the public eye all the time and he continues to say stupid stuff, and now that he's not playing all that well while the Heat are losing, that's a guy. He really has fallen from grace. Like six years ago, Dwayne Wade was on top of the world, and now it's like, I, I, honestly, I, I, he gets as bashed as much as any athlete as I think on the planet. Talk about a guy that went from, you know, Tony Parker from mid level to great, and now Dwayne Wade is like evil in so many people's eyes. So. And now there are the rumors floating around they got Phil Jackson waiting in the wings for when they get eliminated, that they're going to bring him in to take over that the franchise. If they don't win it this year, I think that's the move you I mean, you, you would want to make. Phil sure. Jackson taking over another uh, you know potential championship ball club. But you're exactly right on Dwayne Wade. What makes it hurt even more? It's almost it's not quite the Kerry Wood story, but it's got similarities to it because he's Chicago's very own big dog, Dwayne yeah. Wade. Yeah. Nobody practically nobody wanted him coming out of high school. Marquette uh-huh. takes a you know a gander at him and he becomes slowly but surely a star. You're right. The early story was underrated. Unsung, great story, and it, it, it's funny how things have turned. Yes, yeah, and I'm not saying I hate him or anything. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, but the general opinion of Dwayne yep. Wade is just like, well, we don't want anything to do with you, and I, I, I'm just shocked that that's happened. Yeah, he scored yeah. zero points in the uh, first half, ninety-four to seventy-five. Are you kidding me? The Indiana Pacers. Although you will remember one sports talk host you're familiar with talking about when everyone's talking about these, you know top teams i kept saying not that i'm predicting indiana to, to win it all but i kept saying hey don't forget the indiana pacers they're a grinder team got some good ball players and nobody talks about him but he's the best young coach in the nba big dog frank vogel has uh, got that team buying in the pacers 
are tough. I, I, I thoroughly agreed with you. If you're all year long, I talked about, man, when the when the Bulls lost to the Pacers early on, and people were like, "Dude, the Heat are better." I'm like, the Pacers are good, and I was happy that the Pacers got the third seed and had to play the Heat. Remember, I told you specifically, I'd rather play the Celtics than the Pacers in the in the second round because we thought the Bulls were going to advance against the Sixers. And Roy Hibbert is is destroying one of the best lines they ever came up with back on the morning break radio show when he was drafted. I predicted he'd be a bust. I said, Roy Hibbert is just another great white stiff in the middle, and the horrible thing about it is he's black. <laughs> but you know what? He has become a legitimate NBA, not just a defensive force, but he could score. I think he had 19 yeah. against the Heat. Yeah, he's really became uh, become a really, really solid big man. And it's funny how important the big man is if a team plays uh, like oh, the right style of playoff half-court mm-hmm. basketball where you immediately look to get an easy look for your big guy. you know, And, and when you do that, it forces the defense to defend that, which creates openings for everybody else. Uh, Pido, we got to wrap it up. But tell the folks again where they can find you, both via the uh, blog space and live this weekend. Where are you going to be? Just go, thisyearman.com is the blog space, thisyearman at Twitter. And uh, Water Rider, come to Water Riders. I have a Cubs. Tour. Contact me about that. Waterriders.com. All right. I want the tour with Netanyahu. What? Uh, when is he going? Seven o'clock Saturday. Uh, like I said, he's going to actually be at the, at the leather show, and that's in town too. <laughs> what a surprise, Coach! <laughs> Have the a great show. weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Two guys and a mic signing off. We'll see you Monday at ten. Don't you be late.